This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Welcome to this month's podcast. Let me take you today into part two of what we're calling a generational kingdom reset, that God is doing something and he's resetting the wineskin of how the kingdom of God operates in the next generation and through the next generation. So let me ask you, if you didn't listen to last month's, it really would benefit you to listen to that first and then listen to this. But let me just take a few moments and bring you up to date. We talked about last month about how incredibly important it was for generational leaders 55 and older, like people like me, I'm 60 years old, of some of the things that we must embrace in order to serve the next generation well. Also, some of the Achilles heels. We talked about the fact that we have to decrease, that the next generation can increase, that we must provide sacrifice and resource within with everything we have so that when we leave the earth, we die and leave it, everything out of our hands, totally empty. We talked about the Achilles heels, moving away from the presumption of leadership, laying down our presumptions, opinions, and preferences about the wineskin God builds in the next generation of leaders and resetting our expectations of what we expect of those in their 20s and their 30s and 40s. And again, I don't have time to reiterate that. And so, but this month, I want to move us over into speaking thoughts for those who are in the up-and-coming generation. Those of you in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, I want to speak to you in a way that will help you to navigate to fully embrace everything God is wanting to pour into you through the hands of people who have already been where you want to go. The body of Christ must be recognized in order for you to thrive. Learning everything on your own is a very foolish thing to do. And I want to talk to you today about how to walk this out, how to seek God for the wineskin, if you will, to reach your generation. Now, let me take a moment in case you're new to the podcast, what I'm saying when I say the wineskin for a new generation. The wineskin is nothing more than that which God can pour into. It is the, if you will, the methods, the, 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 the manners in which you do church and you do things so that the gospel can be heard by a generation. It's given in a voice, in a venue. It's understood by that generation. And every generation is given by God a new wineskin. There is a reset happening right now by the Holy Spirit in the church. And the next generation of leaders are forming a new wineskin. That's why it's so important that you listen to last month. If you're an older leader, that you understand your responsibilities with that. Let me share with you a word I received last year, 2020, from the Holy Spirit. And this was in a time of prayer. And this would be what would be coming in the next generation. How this will occur, I don't know. The manner in which or the wineskin in which this will occur, I don't know. God's not going to give that to me. But I'm thrilled to watch it emerge in this next generation of leaders, those in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. He said, I am going to go behind the supposed impenetrable walls of those trapped in the LGBTQ community, academia, a culture opposed to God and all that he stands for. And I'm going to rescue them. And I'm going to rescue them, not with a a trickle or a stream coming out of those walls, but a tsunami-like flow of people that have been rescued. God is creating a wineskin in the next generation that will go into the places of, of, of such 
devastating brokenness in our culture so that the very people that are trapped in those worlds can be rescued. Their eyes can be opened. And like the Apostle Paul's calling, they can be turned from darkness to light, turned from the power of Satan to the power of God, receive forgiveness of sins, and receive an inheritance among those that, listen, are sanctified, set apart to God. But this generation emerging, those of you in your 20s and 30s and 40s, there are some Achilles heels that you need to be aware of that God has really put in my heart, I believe, to help you with. I dealt again with my generation in last month's podcast, but I want to speak to what I see as Achilles heels that you're going to have to hear God and overcome. Now, remember Achilles was a, he was, he was a warrior and, and he could, you could shoot him with an arrow anywhere and you couldn't kill him unless if it went into his Achilles heel. And it means it's this place, this, this minor, this narrow place that if you're injured there, you die. It's the place we never expect. And there is an Achilles heel that is, I see there's several of them that this generation must navigate through. I would suggest that you would navigate through it with the wisdom of the generation before you, not the direction for your calling. This is very important because here's what you're going to be tempted to do, I believe, in the emerging generation, that you will be tempted to replace the wine of the gospel instead of the wine skin. Let me say that again. The temptation I see emerging among young leaders is they want to exchange the truth of God for a lie. They want to change what God approves of and what he doesn't. They want to change the message of the gospel, not the wineskin that holds it. So let me say it again. There is a temptation emerging right now. And I see many, many, not only young leaders, I see some older leaders succumbing to it. And the temptation is this, instead of learning the wineskin for your culture, your generation, instead of creating a new wineskin, you will seek to create new wine. Here's the reality. God made man in his image, and then man returned the favor. We live in a world where people create a God in their image, a God that accepts what they say he should accept, a God that is a cafeteria God, that uh, I'll take this part of God, that part of God. Now, here's the reality. We, we cannot bow down and serve a false God in order to meet a desire to be understood by those without Christ. Such a huge Achilles heel that I see is the emerging generation of leaders want to be understood. This emerging generation of leaders want those without Christ to like them now, I'm not talking about being unloving. I'm not talking about not serving and being kind to people. I'm talking about trying to tell people something that will be non-offensive about God. God, and this is so, I'm going to be very direct. God in his word is crystal clear about issues of marriage, sexuality, and we must not create a God in our image in order to be mis, not to be misunderstood by those without Christ. Scripture tells us that all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, not a few, all. Enlightenment in the individual's life that exceeds the word of God is exceeding the will of God. And when I exceed God's word with my perspectives so that I won't be misunderstood, I've stepped into what the Bible calls idolatry. 
Idolatry is making a God that doesn't exist. We all look at what Aaron did when Moses was on the mountain and receiving the Ten Commandments as he had literally built a false god. And when Moses confronted him, he said, it just jumped out of the fire. And they began to bow down and worship a god made with hands. Now, none of us would do that. If I were to put a Pepsi bottle in you and say, in front of you and say, bow down and worship it, you would say, you're out of your mind. Here's what I want to help you to understand this Achilles heel. If you bow down and worship the God that is being created by the culture, the God that doesn't just say right from wrong and be redemptive, but the God who has now been changed to embrace what he calls wrong and even abominable. It's so critically important that we understand that when we fashion a God in that image, that God will die with your final breath. That God doesn't exist. That God is powerless to rescue the very people that you're trying to care for. You know, let me ask you a question as as a young leader. If somebody came to your church and said to you, look, I'm married, but my wife and I don't get along real well, so I have a girlfriend. And, but we really love each other because, you know, love is all that matters. And so, but I love her a lot, but I love my wife too. And so when we come to church on weekends, I'm going to bring my wife and my lover and, and, and we're going to hang out and we're going to, we're going to come to church and, but, but, but God understands because we really love each other. Will you endorse that adultery? I don't think you would. Or you have a couple coming and they're not married and they're having sex outside of marriage, which we know God tells us what marriage was designed and and sexuality within marriage. And this happens all the time with us when we meet with young couples and we say, hey, uh, are you guys living together? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they don't even have the first idea. We don't command them to get married. We want them to grow and understand and develop and please God. But we don't tell them, oh, well, you know, it's okay. God knows your heart. There wouldn't be a reason under the sun, I hope, that you would endorse adultery or fornication. You would say, I love you. We want to help you. We want to serve you. But that is not the way to live. And God's word commands us to live otherwise. The difference with the issues of today is that we are now being demanded by culture to not only be, if you will, tolerant, which is not even a possibility today, but we are endorsed, we are commanded, even demanded, if you will, to fully endorse and approve of behavior that God condemns. We are being asked to accept what God said to him is unacceptable. And it isn't a matter of right and wrong. It's a matter of the image of God in the earth. God made man in this image, male and female. And there's the expression of the image of God in man. And the Achilles heel I see to this generation is that they think they're going to reach those far from God with a God that doesn't exist, a God that will make them look like they are, if you will, enlightened. Enlightenment that exceeds the will of God is the idolatry. You know, let me ask you a question that I'm asked all the time. You know, Pastor, we have a gay couple that comes to our church, you know, and they want to serve. Should we let them serve? Let me ask you this question. Would you permit a man who attends your church with his wife and his girlfriend to serve? If he came holding hands with both people, and by the way, they they choose to have sex together, the three of them. That's just their form of love. They love each other. And they... And they want to work with your youth. 
And they want to tell the youth, you know, that love is love. Because, you know, the Beatles said, all you need is love. You would say, I, I, look, we want to help you. We want to help you walk with God. We want to help you to have your eyes opened, turn from darkness to light, power of Satan to the power of God, to receive an inheritance among those that have been sanctified. We want to help you walk with God. We don't want to try to change you. We want God to rescue you and help to grow you into his image, into his likeness, so you could live for him. Why is the question any different for a gay couple? Well, you know, people think, as a leader in the kingdom, I don't get to care what people think. I get to care for people. I should never be unkind. I should never be demeaning. I should never elevate one wrongdoing above another. But the reality of it is, people are not asking me or asking you to be tolerant. Because tolerance can only exist in the presence of disagreement. What people are asking you is to endorse not a behavior, but the God that they made up. And I have to say this to you. This is an Achilles heel. You must have the resolve that I will not bow my knee before any God but the true and the living God. Not for any reason. And there are enough examples in Scripture to help us understand how critically important that is. And so the generation emerging, 20s, 30s, and 40s, are going to have to address issues and, and things within culture that I couldn't have even imagined. So I'm not presuming to have your answers. I'm not God, but I am presuming and trusting Christ in you, the Holy Spirit's direction in you, so that you walk in, in relationship with the true and living God and not the one that's been fashioned by a culture that is trapped. You cannot rescue a trapped culture with the false God they serve. The gospel is the power of God, the salvation, not whether they like me or like you. Now, these are the Achilles heels that I believe are so prevalent today, coming up in those who are emerging in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Here's, a, here's another one, that the emerging generation has very little trust for those in authority, and for good reason, by the way. I grew up at a time when there was a trust in leadership at least at some level. It really, really started to diminish around the Nixon administration with Watergate, and it really began to fall apart in the late 60s. But the fact of it is there was still this innate confidence and trust in those in authority. And yet today, the generations emerging have seen very little example of people in authority that are doing anything for the benefit of anybody but themselves not just in the world, but often, sadly, can be seen even in the kingdom. And so what it results in is a very low level of trust. And you can't receive from somebody you don't trust. And that Achilles heel can cause a young man or a young woman in their 20s, 30s, and 40s to absolutely be void of the wisdom of the prior generation. And again, I'm not saying that there aren't legitimate reasons why the, the, the trust level is low. But what it's resulted in is that their mentors in this coming emerging generation are their contemporaries, people who have not yet walked the road, people who have not hit the potholes. And so they're learning from contemporaries only. And what they're not learning are the things that can prevent them pain, can prevent them difficulty. Now, here's one of the most critical things that must occur in the emerging generation. 
They must honor and be loyal to those that walk before them. And I'm going to define that. As the prior generation must in absolute abandonment sacrifice their lives, pour out their resources into the next generation, decrease that the next generation will increase, move away from the presumption of leadership, realizing God's going to speak to the next generation about their their wineskin, not to me, to lay down our presumptions, to lay down our opinions, to lay down our preferences, to reset our expectations of each group, 20s, 30s, and 40s, as to where they are in their life and not where we think they should be, but to serve them tirelessly, to serve them with everything in our soul. But right on the other side of that, the, the, the Achilles heel I see in the emerging generation, because of some of the issues with authority that they've had, and much of it legitimate, is simply this. They are not honoring the generation before. And their loyalty exists to their peers only or to themselves. And so what's created that? Obviously, I spoke to it about the issues with authority. The social media world, comparison, all these external drivers. I, I, I tell you, I look at what, what the generations emerging are facing and I think, Lord, I, I can't even imagine that I would have navigated through this. And so these things are not simple. And so the wisdom of the next generation is so very critical. Now, remember this, as, we, as, I, as I admonish those in my generation, we are called to invest in these emerging generations. We are called to invest wisdom, not direction. Now, please hear my heart here. When you honor those who teach you the how, you, 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 listen now, listen, please, please get this. You have to learn honor. For those who teach you the how, not the what to do. The what is the wineskin. The how is how do I do it with these values? How do I stay steady when my heart gets wounded? All the questions that emerge in leadership that those from the generation before have navigated. And let me say this, not always well. I think the greatest wisdom I give people is not from my successes, from where I've had my brains beat in and this desperation not to see others suffer the same way, because this world is desperate for you to succeed as an, uh, as an emerging leader, whether you be in your 20s, 30s, or 40s. And, and this is so, so very important. Remember this. Let me say this. I'm going to say this several times. Honoring does not mean getting vision and direction, but rather it means being grateful and respectful and godly in your actions, in your words, toward those who have gone before you in the faith. Now, this is really important. Honor, honoring the next generation does not mean that you get direction from them. Only God should give the emerging generation 20s, 30s, and 40s clear direction. They should be giving, God should be giving you vision. And that's why I spoke last month to the presumption of leadership. I have to move away. I can't tell the next generation what God is saying to them. God doesn't speak through surrogates. But what I can do is to honor what he says to them, to celebrate what he says to them, and to pour everything I am into the wineskin that God builds for them and walk in humility and walk in sacrifice. And if sacrifice and meets honor and loyalty, there will be such an explosion the enemy cannot touch. It will bring the resources of the prior generation into the emerging generation, and it will prevent them 
from making some of the most horrific mistakes. It will cause them to get further faster in the mission of the call of their life. In many cases, it will save their marriage, prevent their children from heartaches. There's so much we can learn from those who have gone before us. And I want us to understand that there is a balance to strike as we wind down this podcast. Remember this, without sacrifice, my generation will die with our treasures. Without sacrifice, my generation is going to die with their treasures. And I'm not talking about money. Yet I think you can look at churches that are historical, that have 20 years of budget in the bank, but no ministry. The treasure of every life lived well, not perfectly, is that there is a a resource of wisdom that the Bible commands us to actually do. In fact, we're commanded in Scripture for the younger men and women to learn from the older. And that's what God's called us to do. Here's the balance. I have to sacrifice for that to be done well. I don't get to tell people what to do. God leads them. I don't get to make value judgments based on wineskins. But I can always encourage the next generation, don't move the needle on the word of God. Don't let the enemy make you bow your knee to a false God. And let me say this as well. Whereas without sacrifice, my generation, those 55 and older, will die with their treasures. Without honor, the next generation will live without our wisdom and without our experience. And both of us will suffer. But more importantly, those for whom Jesus died will suffer. Because if there's anything that matters to me, and I can speak for my wife, we long to see the next generation succeed so much more than we've ever desired it for ourselves. We want to do everything we can to pour our lives into the next generation in every imaginable way. And And again, let me close by saying, that's why we've created very real opportunities here at Victory to help the emerging generation. If you or someone you know fits these categories, please let us know about it. it we are, we're developing and have an internship program for those in their early 20s. And it's an internship program for those who have a calling on their life to be separated to ministry. We want to help develop them. Not, they're not, not moving boxes. We are going to, I mean, we are investing so that they can grow spiritually and develop and understand what that calling means. But then secondly, we have something called pastors in residence. That's for couples that call are truly called a pastor, that are their late 20s, early 30s, even their 40s, that just need to have some, some opportunity to learn about an 18-month window that we will pour into those people and then do everything we can to release them. And then thirdly, to help pastors in general by helping existing pastors through what we're doing, calling ARC meetups. ARC is the Association of Related Churches, pulling people together and pastors together and resourcing them. Exchange conferences, a part of the Significant Church Network, where we come and we pour our lives and resources and understanding into into pastors and leaders. And then in some cases, we'll be mentoring even on a very individual basis, certain leaders. These are the things that are available right now here at Victory. We want to help church planters in the Northeast. They don't have to be under our species. They don't have to be under our direction. Even the pastors and residents, they don't have to start churches connected to us. We just want to help them. We want to help them get connected to groups like ARC, 
We want to help fund it. We want to help pay for their church plant. We want to connect them to other people who want to help pay for it. Because this world, the church is the only hope of the world. And God is wanting to raise up church planters. And our call is to help that happen in the Northeast. It's so very important that every one of us take these next steps. Would you please help me? If you or someone you know fits the category of either a intern or a pastors in residence, or they're an existing pastor or leader that can become a part of the exchange meetings we do in the ARC meetups. We simply want to serve. We're not asking for anything. We don't want anything. We're at the season of our life where we're trying to give it all away. So you can contact us and our email address is exchange at lifeatvictory.com. Exchange is spelled X change. X-C-H-A-N-G-E, exchange at lifeatvictory.com. We'll get right back to you. You can go to our website, lifeatvictory.com. Click on impact, scroll down, and you'll see the details that you can find of our pastors of residency and our internship program. I'm praying for all of our generations, and I'm praying that all of us yield fully to the call of God so that we can seek and save the lost and see an outpouring of God and more people come to Christ than at any time in my lifetime. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is doing right now. So thank you for taking the time. And I'm praying that both the the emerging generation and my generation and those older than me, that we come together with sacrifice and honor. An explosion happens to the glory of God. God bless you. And thanks for taking the time to listen to this month's podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.